Wake up, America, before it's too late. The Steve Day Show. And greetings. Happy Monday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show here live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. I am Steve Dace alongside Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre. A couple of housekeeping items here. Uh, they finally realized that the, uh, the AC unit was broken. That's why they couldn't fix it last week. And what is it, Aaron? About two weeks because of Let's Go Brandon supply chains? Two weeks, which probably means a month. I just forgot, wait, forgot just, to tell you that. Yeah, just wait two weeks. Indeed. All right. So obviously in the dead of summer, we cannot just be sitting here. As we, uh, it's going to be much hotter this week in Iowa than it was last week. And we have a, you know the, about the gross domestic product of, a, of at least a county of a small Latin American country in here with the studio that the Blaze built for us last year. We can't risk having all of that equipment fried. So we had to go with a portable AC unit. I hope you don't hear the, the, the white noise buzzing too much, but um, it was this or we don't do shows. And I think, well, you might have preferred the latter, but we like getting paychecks. So we're going to go ahead and do the show irregardless, which I know isn't a word and I like using it anyway because it should be. So uh, that may be the noise factor for the, for the foreseeable future for the next uh, week or two, maybe hopefully only, uh, could be a factor. So wanted to let you know about that up front. Also, could I give a shout out to my dad who took drove two hours and took half of his Saturday to help me uh, Absolutely. Cut, a, cut a hole through a metal door so we could uh, ventilate this uh, portable AC unit? Indeed. Thank I'm, you to, uh, to Dennis. Uh, it, it. Was, it was a banner weekend of, of, of service to America by the McIntyre family for sure, and then whatever the hell the Urzans did. All right, so... <laughs> I cut no holes through metal doors. I did nothing. I assure you. I did nothing. I didn't do anything either. Actually, I finished my college football preview, so I'm a complete waste of space as well. All right. Um, I, I want to, I love when I get notes like this, and a lot of times I get so many notes during a day that they get buried and I see them too late. Luckily, I saw this one in time. Uh, this is from Eden. She writes, my dad's 65th birthday is today. I'm hoping you can give him a shout out. You guys talk a lot about men, uh, the lack of men willing to stand up and fight back on your show. And I can always count myself blessed to have been raised by a true man of God. He's a father figure to his three son-in-laws as well, who didn't grow up with a biblical worldview, but have responded to his discipleship. And they have become spiritual leaders in their own right. Um, we tragically lost my older brother in a car accident in 2019 when he was 32. But... Uh, he also left behind a legacy as a man of God, a loving husband, and a father of three. And because of our parents' guidance, we know we will see my brother again. And I'm so thankful for my parents who always chose truth over being nice or keeping the peace. So I'm hoping you can find some time on your show Monday to wish Dean Staka a happy 65th birthday. And that is from his daughter, Eden Forrest. Happy birthday, Dean. Absolutely, yeah. Dean. We can absolutely do that. One of the other things I love, love receiving is positive notes about our partners here on the show. Lisa Cavelli in Maitland, Florida, uh, says, we bought the Miracle Made sheets, um, plus the comforter. One of my kids' sheets has skin issues. These sheets are amazing. I am always hot, and it's the first time I am not. I would imagine living in Florida. Sheets that keep you cool at night could be a premium product. They're exactly what you claim they will be. I had tout. But that, because nothing has ever worked, 
My 17-year-old son loves them as well. They truly are amazing. I tell everyone I know uh, to give them uh, a, a chance plus your discount code. So if you want to take Lisa's advice, don't just take mine. You want to take Lisa's advice as well with Miracle Made. Uh, these are the, the sheets inspired by NASA using silver-infused fabrics that make temperature-regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature, particularly if you're warm-blooded, all night long, self-cleaning and eco-friendly as well. If you want to give them a shot, go to uh, trymiracle.com slash dace. That's trymiracle.com slash dace at checkout. You'll also get three free towels and save an extra 20% if you use the promo code dace. You'll get three free towels and save an extra 20% if you use the promo code dace when you go to trymiracle.com slash dace. And even if you get the promo code, you'll get 40% off just by going to trymiracle.com slash dace. So you can't beat it. All right, coming up on the show today, big event. The Iowa caucuses have officially selected their date. It will be January 15th, 2024. That's a Monday. That's also MLK, the observance of MLK's birthday next January. So a lot of people will have the day off. Smart from a, um, a turnout standpoint, because if you're going to have to have the caucuses in mid-January, weather here could be sketch, right? Mm-hmm. So you give people more time. They don't. A lot of people are not going to end up working that day. Uh, this week kind of begins, the is really the unofficial official kickoff of caucus season. On Friday is the Family Leadership Summit. Every candidate uh, on the Republican side uh, has committed to be there. Uh, other than Donald Trump, Bobby Kennedy Jr. was invited, just never responded. Uh, they are, they, Trump is promising to respond by the close of business today, whether he will attend or not. We'll talk to Bob Vanderplatz about that, the importance of this event. We're going to be broadcasting it here on Blaze TV as well. Tucker Carlson will be interviewing the candidates. So uh, this is kind of a, a, a big week now. This thing will get started in earnest. That means, what is it, uh, 189 days from today is when the first votes will be cast in the 2024 election cycle. 484 days from today is election day 2024. And I am I am I am very concerned where we are. Very concerned. And it and it probably doesn't have as much to do uh, with Trump versus DeSantis as you might think. Um Everything that I had hoped that this battle would produce, it is not. We are creating an environment where we are going to hand this to our enemies. Uh, we are not behaving as if we are serious about this. And maybe it's not. You know, maybe the border invasions, maybe the, the crushing debt, maybe the, let's try to provoke World War III so that even Democrats go on television Sunday and criticize Biden for giving cluster bombs to Ukraine. Maybe the maybe the castrations, the gender mutilations, maybe that's all a psyop. Maybe none of it's happening. Maybe we are not at the existential moment that I sense that we are. Maybe I'm overreacting because I've got three kids, one I just married off, uh, another one I just graduated, and a third I just bought his first car for. And so I'm looking at three, in, three humans made in the image of God leaving my home here, some of them already have, and starting their own families and carrying on. And so maybe I'm just too paranoid about what the immediate future looks like. Maybe we're not at the brink of the Romans one cliff that I think we are. Maybe I'm totally wrong. And so if that's the case, then let's just continue on and carry on with exactly what we're doing. And it's all right, because when, when either Gavin Dusham, uh, Big Mike, 
or Dementia Joe is choosing Samuel Alito and Clarence Thomas's successors in the Supreme Court, it's okay. It's all good. You won the great ratio war of 2023. So be comforted by that. You guys remember after Carrie Lake lost and I went after the flake McCain Republicans who didn't vote for her? Yes. The day after the election. Remember this? Yes. And I said, I hope your kids... You soft-headed suburbanites in places like Scottsdale, Phoenix, around the state of Arizona, they didn't vote for her because she wasn't. She didn't grovel enough to McCain and uh, uh, and and to flake for you. I hope your kids aren't the next ones we're reading about overdosing on fentanyl because you still have a wide open border invasion. And and it's okay. It's remember I said it's okay if your kids the next one overdosing on fentanyl. It's all right. You know what? You got rid of the chick that might have done something about it because you cared more about saying nice things about a dead politician and, and another one who has, whose brand has been dead even longer. Uh, you, 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 it's okay. Your kids on, you know, in an ICU may be dead. Totally fine. Because we're, we're not serious here. I'm, I'm not voting to change the direction of my state because you didn't fillet me enough. That's just not, you're not a serious person. I'm sorry, you're not an adult. You're not. You're not a serious person. And so I hope it's not your kid that when they're, because when, then maybe you'll think, you know what? Uh, actually, I'm totally fine that that's my kid with a, whose heartbeat is in the 40s. Um, um, and they may, they may have to induce a coma because his blood pressure's, uh, you know, 240 over 170. Because you know what? I needed, to, I needed to make sure Katie Hobbs got into office because Carrie Lake just didn't say enough smart things and, and, and kind things about John McCain and Jeff Lake. Remember we had those conversations today of? 484 days from today, we're going to vote on the next president of the United States. Facing about five existential crises. And if this is the best we've got, This is the best we've got. We're doomed right now. We are doomed right now. And I don't care whose name is up there. We're screwed. Because it seems like we're more serious about maintaining a cottage industry than we are winning an election. Or we might just be this bad at it that I can't even tell the difference. That's entirely possible. It, it, It can be both. Yeah. Because 484 days from today, when you wake up, Actually, it'd be day 485, the day after. When you wake up and Gavin Dusham, Big Mike, Dementia Joe, has taken enough cocaine, speedball, Adderall to make it through another calendar year. So maybe he'll blink once every 34 minutes. It's okay. It'll be totally fine. It'll be totally fine that they're choosing the next successor for Clarence Thomas and Samuel Alito. Totes cool. It, it, it's okay. They're going to stack the Supreme Court. It, it's okay, you know, that we're just going to have even more border invasions. Maybe they'll euthanize the kids instead of castrate them. It's totally okay. It's okay. You, take comfort. Be comforted in that. Because you won the Great Ratio War of 2023. You maintained your iTunes ranking. Congrats. You did it. Well done, everyone. It's great. You did it. And, I, and I'm, I'm sure your children, our children and grandchildren, they will be completely okay with the fact that we were not serious at all about the most serious election of our lifetimes because we had, we had, we had, some, clicks to, we had some clicks to get. We had some ratios to do. And if you think I'm done talking about this today, trust me, I've just begun. In fact, I'm going to spend an entire hour on it next hour 
because I am very, very concerned, and I'm on my. I don't have a. I don't have a lot of nerves. I'm. I'm. On, I'm on the nub of my last. Before I just go scorched earth and like maybe lose every friend I have. Because as much as I love many of the people I've gotten to know and meet in this industry, I love my kids a lot more. And, and we have to demand more out of this process than we are currently getting. It is silly. Silly. We are being ridiculously silly. They are being ridiculously serious. And just stacking gender mutilations of where kids' genitals used to be, like, like, like the savages used to stack scalps of the, colon- of the colonists on walls with no sign of slowing down whatsoever. But we'll talk more about that next hour. Until then, here's Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by Out of Ammo. The United States is sending weapons of indiscriminate destruction to Ukraine in the form of cluster munitions. Cluster munitions whose use ex-White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki called a war crime just last year. Um, There are reports of illegal cluster bombs and vacuum bombs being used by the Russians that's illegal and potentially a war crime. It it would be. I don't have any confirmation of that. We have seen the reports. Uh, If if that were true, it would potentially be a war crime. Asked why we're sending weapons of indiscriminate destruction to Ukraine, Joe Biden said. The Ukrainians are running out of ammunition. Uh, The ammunition, uh, they, they call them 155 millimeter weapons. This is a this is a war relating to munitions and uh, the running out of those that ammunition. Learning Russian today. Today's phrase is if Ukraine is low on ammo and we've been supplying them ammo, who else is low on ammo? Если Украине не хватает боеприпасов, а мы им их поставляем. Moving on, fresh off of unveiling the group Mamas for DeSantis, Casey DeSantis was in Iowa late last week at an event she put on for women where she discussed her battle with cancer and why it motivates her even more to fight for her husband and children. There was a time in my life where I didn't know if I was going to see my kids graduate from kindergarten, let alone high school. And I was able to beat that back, and I had some really long, difficult battles. As a matter of fact, I remember, and the governor was getting criticized for doing this with me, but I remember every single chemotherapy appointment that I went to, and there were six of them, and they were long, and they were very hard, and I had to wear this dumb cold cap on my head that was like an ice cube. You're like in an igloo for six or seven hours, and he held my hand during every single one of them, and he never left my side. And I'll tell you what, when you go through something like that, and you're in the middle of the night scared and you don't know what's going to happen and you crawl into bed with your kids and you're getting hope for tomorrow that you can have some more time with them and then you realize that God has given you more opportunity to be able to live when you're given that opportunity in life what do you do with it do I care what a headline says no I care about protecting the innocence of my children and your children Donald Trump your thoughts that son of a bitch is running I got him elected 
So I don't, I'm not a big fan of his, and he's highly overrated. The Iowa GOP announced over the weekend the Iowa caucuses will go down on January 15th of 2024, 189 days from today. The ex-pronoun haver and vetoer of Save Women's Sports Bills, Utah Governor Spencer Cox, has wised up on the issue of child genital mutilation. In Utah, you have said that you are just pausing access to that kind of care. You're not banning it. Do you have an end date to that pause? What specifically is the kind of data and research you need to see to say you will allow for it? Yes, yeah, so we, do, we don't have an end date, um, but uh, we, we, we do need more data and more information. This is such a charged topic it is. that it's been, uh, it's been impossible, I believe, to get good information um, here in the United States right now because half the country doesn't want to touch it and, and the other half is convinced that they already know the answer. And so I, I've really tried to look elsewhere um, at, at conversations that are happening in other countries, um, specifically in Europe, around, around this where it's not not quite as charged um, looking at, at, at Sweden and Finland and, and France and, and the UK, other countries where they don't have the same culture war battles that we're having here. And they're also pushing pause. I, I mean, many of those countries are saying, look, we're this is specific part of it. Is on it hormone both. treatment, puberty blockers, surgery? Both, all of, all of, all of the above, yeah. Because the yeah. Uh, American Medical Association, the American Psychiatric Association, and the American Academy of Pediatrics have said this kind of care, um, that they, they've rejected the claims that it is yeah. harmful. Yeah, all but very political an, groups. And again, I, I, I don't I, I believe that they are politicized. Those groups are politicized. The I American don't believe, Academy of Pediatrics. I absolutely okay. do. Yes. Is this bad? Update. Real time disability data from the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics shows an increase in 857,000 in June to a new all time high of 34.15 million who claim a disability of some form. We've shown you similar data in the past. You can see it here showing this climb in disability claims started in 2020 and took off in 2021. Again, is that bad? In completely unrelated news, Peru has declared a state of emergency amid a rise in cases of Guillain-Barre syndrome, a rare autoimmune disease that attacks the human nervous system and is often associated with an adverse reaction to vaccination. And further completely unrelated news, 80 million doses of the COVID jab have been administered in Peru. In further, further completely unrelated news, Peru's population is around 33 million. And finally, one of the best and most effective pieces of content I believe the pro-life movement has ever produced comes to us courtesy of Live Action. It's been one whole year since Roe v. Wade was overturned. Which means they've been making abortion illegal all over the place. So these are dark times. These are dark times. Dark times. Dark times. Un tiempo muy oscuro. Because now, now that Roe v. Wade is overturned, a woman can get pregnant just from having sex. Oh. I'm not seriously considering going down the dangerous path of abstinence until marriage. I find myself in this really bizarre state where I'm asking guys about things like their values and trustworthiness before sleeping with them. Before a girl will have sex with me now, she's asking me all these dumb questions like, do you love me? And what happens if I get pregnant? And do you have a job? Like, I don't know. Abortion being illegal where I live has definitely raised the bar for which men I'll date and have sex with. And that's a terrible thing. It used to be that if I got a girl pregnant, I would just force her to get an abortion. And I can't do that anymore. And that's awful. And that's what happened while we were away.
wow. Goes on for another yeah, you two had minutes. Seen it? I had not seen oh, that. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. Aaron, thank you very much for including that in the montage. That is incredible messaging by live action. That is extremely well done, and it reminds me of one of my favorite videos from last year. The, uh, the young woman who goes back and forth about modern feminism and all the things that uh, feminism yeah. provided her that now and how life has changed and different. And she's talking to the woman in the 50s wearing the mm-hmm. June Cleaver dress. Okay. And she keeps asking her questions. Okay. So, all right, cool. I get to get out of the house and work now. So that means I come home and someone's cleaning the house and doing all the chores too. Well, no. In fact, when you come home, the feminist with the pink hair comes, in fact, when you come home, you're probably alone with a cat. Oh, right. It just keeps asking oh, all these yeah. questions with the trade off, right? That is in that spirit, but, but all equally as well done. That is extremely well done by live action. So you're right. That is amongst the best pro-life messages I've ever seen. All right, Aaron's Montage brought to you by our friends over at Jace Medical. They're the company that have helped to make sure you've got access to venerable medications for the next time they, not coincidentally, decide to ban them during a quote-unquote emergency. Now they want to make sure, though, that you can back up. That's the Jace case. Make sure you've got that in your house already if you don't. But now they want to make sure you can back up your existing medications as well for up to 12 months a whole host of medications and hey you might consider this even if you're not into the whole prepping thing because we've got antibiotic shortages as well right now so it's not a terrible idea just to have this just in case anyway whole host of medications uh, from cholesterol diabetes heart health blood pressure even mental health and more use the code dace at checkout for a discount on your order when you go to jacemedical.com j-a-s-e jacemedical.com enter code dace at checkout for the discount jacemedical.com j-a-s-e medical.com code dace at checkout for the discount all right let's get to what else is in aaron's montage we will talk about uh the iowa caucuses and what that means with that date and preview that uh the leadership summit with bob vanderplatz here in just a few minutes i want to talk about two things the disability data. We have shown you this data before, and I said at the time, it is, in my view, the biggest smoking gun against how toxic and deadly Operation Warp Speed turned out to be. How toxic and deadly the poison pokes, the toxic jabs are. Because, can you throw that up there again for me, Aaron, by any chance? One Do you second. mind? Okay. When you look at this chart, and the data set that it provides goes back a decade. And when, and when you look at this chart, you note that there is a fairly consistent increase in disability claims, meaning reasons people said they were too injured for work, too sick for work, and had to file a disability claim. 34 million of them. 34 million. To put that in perspective, as Aaron pointed out, the population of Peru, that's more than the total population of Peru. Okay, more. So look at this chart here. And you can see going back a decade to about 2011, the rate of increase of disabilities at, reported by employees at work, at work sites is on a fairly consistent increase. That, that if you were to, if you were to correlate it, and I didn't do this before I came in, so forgive me, but I'm guessing if you were to, you know, like you get a cost of living increase a lot of times at your job, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. If you were to correlate this to the increase of population, 
there probably wouldn't be anything in that data whatsoever for about a decade that would be, with that steady increase, would probably correlate pretty well. Or age the, of the workforce. Or the age of the workforce, because you throw that factor in, too. Thank you. All right. So you throw those two factors in. There'd be nothing that would that would cause any consternation because it would align with the overall demographics as we were just discussing. Right. Pretty steady trend. Nothing to be worried about there. It goes down in 2020, which makes sense. Right. So you see a steep decline because a lot of us were working from home. Makes sense. Right. Mm -hmm. And then starting midway through 2021. And it has not stopped. This number has skyrocketed. Skyrocketed to the point that there are now 34 million of these claims, more than the total population of Peru. To put you to put it further in perspective. It would be the third largest state in the union, I believe. Maybe even second. No, California. No, Texas has 40 million, California more. Third largest state in the union would be the amount of disability claims currently on the, on the books. And here's the other thing that's important about that stat. It's from the government. This is the government's own stat. It's from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Did anything start, any, did any, something occur? in the second half of 2021 that would have ignited or kick-started such a trend that would have been ongoing and continued with no signs of slowing down since. Can you, does anybody think of anything that would have gone on in the second half of, of 2021 that would have been the impetus, the instigator for such a tr- an ominous trend line? Is it racism, sexism, and anti-trans bigotry? You forgot about climate change. That's another yes, option. Uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, for, yes. I apologize. Okay, except we had those things, as we know, systemically and perpetually. Oh, yeah. So they were going on the entire time that the trend line was stable as well. All right? So it's, those clearly aren't it. This would indicate, therefore, there must be a new variable. A new variable had to be entered into the metric. There was a new variable entered into the, new metric, into the metric in the second half of 2021. Uh-oh. The gene juice. The genetic serum. I'm told it saved millions. Dude. I'm told it saved hundred million, even hundred million, safe and effective, mm. of course. And then, beginning in September, they coerced you into taking it against your own will, and that went on until the following what January, February, when the Supreme Court. I think it was early March, actually, when the Supreme Court put a stop to that of 2022. So for nearly six months, they forced you to take that poisonous genetic serum to work and not coincidentally we now have more disability claims in this country than the population of peru which is 92 percent jabbed 92 percent jabbed peru is and suddenly now has this striking onslaught of an autoimmune disease after injecting 92 percent of its citizens with an experimental genetic serum huh Weird. Odd. Not a coincidence. I wish somebody had warned them, Steve. Indeed. <laughs> and, uh, forgive me, I was slow to this. It's my fault. Who got to Spencer Cox? And uh, here's why I put it that way. Somebody got to him. Because you don't answer the way that he did unless you have been informed on a subject and then you've been willing to be informed on the subject. And then you and then you and then you 
you ingested that information. I mean, the willingness to stand there. This guy was putting off creeper vibes a year ago, vetoing this legislation to ban this stuff. Remember this? Mm -hmm. I mean, we went after him hard. And now he is sitting there, man in the arena, pushing back on this. And he's pushing back on it the right way, substantively. Notice the arguments he made are very similar to the way that I framed the arguments against the early American COVID data that all of the experts agreed on. He went to, well, what's going on in other countries? Because we're not having, it's a pandemic, right? If it's a pandemic, then it's going on everywhere. So what's the Dutch data show? What's the Swedish data show? What's the South Korean data show? That's what I did. Why is our data set so unique compared to what's going on everywhere else? He did the exact same thing. Someone got to him. And so whoever did it, thank you. And hey, man, I've, I've, I can't tell you how many politicians, including names you would know, I have been given an audience with over the years to try to educate them and get them to come correct. And it went absolutely nowhere. So I'll give Spencer Cox some credit, too. Whether it's the fear of God, the fear of voter, humility, a little bit. We're human, so probably all of the above. All right. Props to him for being willing to take that information and then go into the belly of the beast and stand his ground with it. That, that wasn't Mike Pence apologizing for defending religious liberty during the final four when he was governor of Indiana, which just, you know, created erectile dysfunction syndrome all throughout the fruited plain. If you ever saw that clip, that guy stood in there, held his ground. He knew this, knew his stuff. He was, he was meek, power under control. That's, I thought that was impressive. Thoughts? Well, uh, when he flat out said that all of those organizations uh, have been politically captured, yep. that was crucial because he knows the argument that's coming back and the gaslighting from that woman. I can't remember her name or who she is, but you saw her comeback was incredulously to ask, you mean to tell me the American Academy of Pediatrics is captured yes these are the same people will tell you moms for liberty work for hitler yeah. but they can't possibly conceive that a health organization after the last four years has been captured come on man that's why it was key for him to cite that other countries have stopped these and, and put a pause on them what do they know that we don't know i thought the way that he worded that was right on point frankly i was borderline impressed well, and I, I don't get to say that very often these days so whoever got to him thank you Every day, the parallel economy grows bigger and bigger. Thankfully, one place where it is fully empowered is with a device we all need access to in this day and age, and that's our mobile phones. And you can make the switch now with your mobile phone to America's only American mobile phone provider. Our friends over at Patriot Mobile get the best possible service in your area. You can switch to any of the three major networks anytime you want for free if you're a member at Patriot Mobile. And instead of giving your money uh, away to causes and people trying to end your way of life, they instead support the same values that you do. They've got an outstanding 100% U.S.-based customer service team that makes switching easy as well so keep your phone keep your phone number two if you want go to patriotmobile.com slash steve to make the switch at patriotmobile.com slash steve use the offer code steve 
for a free activation today. The offer code Steve for a free activation today at PatriotMobile.com slash Steve or call them at 878-PATRIOT. Again, that is 878-PATRIOT. Let's welcome in our good friend Bob Vanderplatz from The Family Leader. Good to see you, my friend. How are you? I'm doing really well. Uh, feeling a little bit stressed, but we're going to be just fine. It is a big week, <laughs> and uh, it, it seems as if now things are... Uh, we've had a couple of moments that we thought were kind of the unofficial official beginning, right? We had that weekend earlier this year uh, where Trump was here and Bobby Kennedy Jr. was here and DeSantis stopped in on his book tour. And that kind of felt like it was the un- one of the unofficial kickoffs. Unofficial right? opening of the Iowa caucuses. Yep. Right. Then then we had, you know, Christie got in, DeSantis got in officially. Who else? Uh, uh, Tim Scott got in officially. And it seemed like, OK, this is probably the field. So that seemed like maybe another unofficial official kickoff this week i think we can say is the official kickoff i think especially since uh this past friday or saturday when the republican party of iowa determined that its caucus date would be january 15th so we will actually be six months basically from the day yeah when our leadership summit takes place 189 days from today And you're right, since the event is on Friday, it'll be almost 180 days. Uh, Exactly. Let's talk about the date first and foremost. That's uh, MLK's birthday observance that day. You bet. I'm guessing that is on purpose, trying to find a day that was far enough past Christmas that it would guarantee your first of the nation status. But then is there a day where at what's the first day people a lot of times will get off work after they take time off for the holidays? Yeah. That's the one. The and so, day. And so yeah. you, you try to maybe offset how sketched the weather could be in Iowa from a turnout perspective with picking a day that a lot of people don't have to work. I think it makes a lot of sense. Matter of fact, when I saw that it was going to be January 15, it was going to be uh, MLK Day. I thought, you're right. A lot of people aren't going to be in at work. It's going to give them a great opportunity to get to their caucus sites and let their voice be heard and let Iowa weigh into this process. So your event coming up this weekend, um, all the candidates have agreed to come except one. That's Donald Trump. And when you say all the candidates, so right now there's like 13 candidates. Uh, and we're calling them national voices because this really is not a campaign event. Now, you've been to our events before. We're, we want to know about you, what you stand for, what your vision is, what makes you be prepared. Why is this your Esther moment for such a time as this? But we want to know about you. We don't want you to bash other candidates. We don't want you to say, go to this website, sign up for me. That, that's not what we're doing here. And so what we did is we invited very early on before a lot of these people were even candidates. But right now you got Tim Scott coming, you have Mike Pence coming, you have Nikki Haley coming, Asa Hutchison coming, Vivek Ramaswamy coming, as well as uh, Governor Ron DeSantis coming. And the one that we will find out later today, by close of business today, is Donald Trump coming. And after his truth comment that he just did, uh, basically against our governor, Governor Kim Reynolds, um, I think you skip this and you attack her. There's a lot of kind of dumbs, but Forrest Gump says stupid is as stupid does. That's just not smart. I have told several national media outlets that have talked to me since the start of the year and have asked me, you know, on or off the record, you know, what do we what's different about the landscape this time? And the number one thing I have said is that, um, you know, I have been involved is a you know low-level volunteer for phil graham in 1996 to a person of at least some influence in the process now and this is the first time in 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 all those years where a statewide elected republican official has major sway 
with the base that dominates who turns out for the caucuses. A person that really, really matters. Her endorsement would be huge in this process. I mean, let's be honest. In the past, if, if, if you and I, if, 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 when you and I were with Huckabee, if we could have gotten Terry Branstead to endorse Mitt Romney for us, we would have paid for that because that's not the branding that you want in the caucuses, It's right? kind of like when the Des Moines Register says, you should be the next guy. Yes, like, yeah. You know, I'll, I'll give that. We I'll told concede. you he was a rhino and yeah. the rhino governor endorsed yes. him. That's the branding we're looking for, right? Yes. What's new, though, is she is a champion of the grassroots and they adore her. They do. And, and in many her. respects, I've kind of described that your role in the process is that you have kind of played the role that if we had a, a governor or a senator that the conservative grassroots loved, your endorsement might not, might not have been as influential, that you have kind of yeah. stepped and filled in that void for our people. And and she's the one statewide elected official. And I said at the beginning of the year, I didn't think she would get involved. But if they are trying to beg her to put the full force of her might which we all just watched ourselves in the last primary cycle mm. here in Iowa, where she removed committee chairman and, and, and Republican incumbents that wouldn't give her school choice. If you are begging her to mobilize fully against you, the stuff that he is saying over on Truth Social today, man, that that's basically just begging her to come at you. Begging you to come in, endorse your opponent, endorse the alternative to Trump. And the thing that I'd say about Kim Reynolds, we know this inside the state of Iowa already, what you talked about in the 2022 primary cycle, taking out six people who weren't in favor of school choice, she'd get school choice done. But I go all across the country, and my peers across the country, they have governor envy. They love Kim Reynolds. So if she goes in with somebody other than Trump, her endorsement's not going to stay within the borders of Iowa. Her endorsement will go well outside the borders of Iowa as well. Now, to play devil's advocate, the Trump people are be like, come on, man, let's not pee on each other and say that it's raining. I mean, she introduced him, and I, I stood there when, when she introduced DeSantis at his kickoff, and I even tweeted out, if that's that's about as close to an endorsement <laughs> as it gets. All right, you, you do an event with Casey last week where it, the, the two of you together with, um, you know, invite-only activists in Iowa. I mean, she has done everything probably other than an endorsement. I can see why they probably think that but i would also say while that may be you could maybe perceive that she has not put the weight of her political um uh, relationships and organization on the ground in the state behind it and that would be the difference between maybe um friendly with a with a with somebody that i'm close with at the rga to i'm going to full throat now get involved and endorse yeah without question and i think if i know kim reynolds well enough and i think i know her really well her goal is to elevate Iowa and to elevate Iowa once. And so my guess is she would be willing to do this, whether you're Vivek Ramaswamy, Donald Trump, Tim Scott. If you need me to help you in an event, I will help you in an event because it's good for Iowa. However, Trump can't take it that she's willing to dance with others as well. You only can be with me because of everything I've done for you. To me, that's almost baiting the governor to come in and say, game on Let, let's see who wins this one i've told you all along i don't believe trump will show up at your event it sounds like you think that that truth social is a clear sign he's not coming well you know it's, to me what i do know this the people that are very very close to him on a national level the ones who are in his ear all the time they are telling him you need to show up at the event even if van Plaats isn't going to endorse you you want to get to that base you want to get to that audience you want to remind them why you're donald trump and why you'll still be that champion for them but I believe he's getting bad advice from other places and saying, because I wouldn't endorse him and I'm not going to endorse him. Does that make him weak then if he shows up at my event and I still don't endorse him? 
to me, I'm giving them a platform to get in front of my base, and I would say prove me wrong, but we'll find out by close of business today. Our event will be sold out. It's going to be a stellar event whether he shows or doesn't show. I mean, you know I love me some Tucker Carlson. I think Tucker Carlson is the most important voice in media in recent times. But he has made more than a few extremely positive comments towards Donald Trump recently. And that's who you have interviewing the, con- the candidates. I mean, if I'm Donald Trump, with all due respect to you, and you know, sure. hey, you're one of my best buds, <laughs> but if I've got a choice between Bob Vanderplas's endorsement or a chance to show up and with a, with a guy with, with Tucker's national presence that has said more than a few kind things about me publicly in the last couple of weeks, I think it would just be foolish to not show up and share a stage with Tucker Carlson for 15 minutes. Well, it's foolish on a lot of levels, and it'll be 25 minutes, is that you get to have an opportunity to Tucker Carlson in front of the most influential base. And Tucker's going to ask you real questions. He's going to ask every candidate real questions or every national voice real questions. But the fact is, Tucker has shown more than an overextension of you know, giving Trump the benefit of the doubt, so to speak. And maybe has he done has he done for Trump what Kim has maybe done for DeSantis in that it is clear that Tucker has singled him out and made more positive comments about Trump than the rest of the primary field. I I, I keep it real. I told the audience Kim has done everything but endorse, in my view, Mm -hmm. where DeSantis is concerned. In my view, I think Tucker's done everything but endorse Trump. Yeah. Formally. Is, hey, that, is yeah. that fair? Well, I don't know if it's fair. I don't think Tucker has endorsed. I don't think Tucker will endorse. I think Tucker's trying to keep it real with his audience of saying, you know, my text message just said, you know, I don't like him. He's a he's a bad guy. Whatever Tucker said about him. But now it's a deal. He said some good things about Ukraine or he's on the same side as Tucker. So Tucker said some good things about Trump. I think Tucker would still be willing to call out Trump if Trump were to step in it as well. Frankly, going after Kim Reynolds, I think Tucker would say that's a horrible move. On your part. I, I think you're probably right about that. So Tucker coming back, I mean, we, we had a chance to spend a good amount of time with him last year when he was here. And I mean, everybody loved him and he was great at the dinner. And now he is going to come in and take over the coveted role for year two of interviewing the candidates. Tell us about that. Well, what I told Tucker is, you know, this is not a debate between Tucker and the candidates. It's not his talk show host. Uh, our summits are uniquely different. We really want to understand the character of a person. Can we trust them? And do they have a consistency of convictions, a line that you use mm-hmm. a lot? Uh, what's their preparedness to be president? There's a lot of people who want to be president, but can you actually be president? And what makes you believe that you could win at such a time as this? But hopefully we will get worldview answers uh, coming out of them. There's, there's not gotcha questions in this deal, but there can be gotcha answers. Mm-hmm. We're not looking for you to go after your opponent or whoever your rival is. We're looking for you now to champion you in front of this most crucial base. And I don't know how much of this I'm allowed to say, but since I already tweeted about it earlier, Blaze TV is going to be there. Yes, Blaze is going to be there. You're they're going to be our exclusive, not I shouldn't say exclusive media partner, but they're going to be a media partner. We've got a lot of press coming. Uh, I think if I'm not mistaken, I think Glenn Beck might even be doing his show live yeah, I believe from the that, Yeah, I think we are going to be live f- from there all day long. Yeah. yeah. It, it is going to be the When who's I say who. we, Blaze TV, not specifically yeah. me. Right. But, uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm turning 50. I've got to pee a lot, so I can't be live <laughs> the entire time. Yeah. It is going to be the who's who from across the country that are going to be in Des Moines attending the summit. And I do believe it is the official kickoff. I agree. Your, your next big event is going to be the debate in August. What environment... Are all of these people coming into 
in Iowa? Where are things at right now in Iowa, uh, do you think? Yeah, I've said it frequently. I think Iowa's exceptionally wide open. Uh, obviously, Trump has got a solidified base. I believe it's a self-inflicted ceiling. I don't think he's going to go above 20 or 30 percent. I think DeSantis, people really like him. They like what he's done in Florida, but they're willing to kick the tires of everybody else. So we're going to see. I think the summit's going to be very telling about where people start gravitating to, about who they believe has caught their inspiration, their kind of imagination that they could be president. What's different? The last time that this was done with the candidates was 2015. And it's a day I'll never forget because it was one of the most faithful days of my entire career because I was waiting backstage that day to essentially be closed by Donald Trump to join his campaign. And that's when he took the questions and mentioned um, Norman Vincent Peale was his favorite theologian. And for those of you that don't know who that is, he basically makes Joel Osteen look like Aquinas or Augustine. Okay. Um, And that he had never done anything wrong. So there's no reason to ever ask God for forgiveness. I remember it was in the green room back there. It was me and Ben and Candy Carson, the only three people back there. And I turned around when, and, and, and Ben Carson's giving me the Jonah Hill gift, like, cut me, Mick. Like, this is done. Finished. <laughs> we were all convinced he was done after that. And then, of course, he went on to be president. Yeah. So are we wrong? Maybe we're overestimating our own influence or importance. Or is it different now that he's a defined character as president? What would you say? Well, I think there's no doubt it's different now because he's been president. Matter of fact, I think there's a lot more built-in trust with Donald Trump now that he's been president. And he did a lot of things that we applauded him for. Uh, But there might also be an exhaustion level as well. I don't think the nicknames work anymore. uh, That that was all new in 2015. It was all new, but now it's kind of just, it's tired. Um, So this event for him and for others, you're in a different environment today. You've said it before. I mean, every other year it says this is the most important election of our lifetime. In 2024, I think we all agree this is the most important election of our lifetime. We need to get it right. And I think this way the audience is coming into this as well. So for Trump, I think what he needs to do is not just show, hey, look at all the great things I did for you as president. But here's why I believe I can win again in 2024. What is the biggest mistake any of the um national voices pardon me what is the biggest mistake we got about a minute here that the national voices could make in front of your people do you think i think one is to go after another rival at this point uh i just don't think our audience is looking for that whatsoever they they want to hear about them as a person them as a candidate their experience their vision for the country give me something to vote for not something to vote against see if you can truly inspire a crowd uh I think that's what they're looking for. They're not looking for a debate with Tucker. They're not looking for to try to hash out some old thing. And that's why even if Trump comes, I don't think people want to listen to Trump say about DeSanctimonious, about Kim Reynolds, about Bob Vanderplatz, about Steve Dace, about anything like that. They want to hear, what's your vision for the future and how can you beat Joe Biden in 2024? Hmm. You guys ready? We're, we got a great team. I said, it's time to get the summit on. It's like playing a championship game. We're ready. We've done all the wind sprints. Let's play. Our audience around the country is going to be able to watch via yeah, Blaze, Blaze TV. TV. Yes. Right. So that'll be a big deal. All right. Good stuff, man. All right. Looking God bless. Forward to it. Yeah. You guys have a quick thought on this before we uh, check out for the hour on the event this weekend? Donald Trump does not have the capacity to do the things that you have people there to do. So. There's no way it's not going to be crazy and insane if he shows up. Well, that's why we gave him to close of business on Monday. We did not want this to be an epic blank show. 
you know, because you showed up at the last minute. We we are keeping it to close of business today. I don't even think. What would you do if you didn't abide by that? Because well, they, well, well, if he said I'm coming in, like we're he's not coming in. I mean, we game to close of business Monday. I mean, you play by those kind of rules, and they texted me and said you'll know by close of business on Monday. That I'd like to see. <laughs> that I'd like to see, because he's just this is he's going to do his King Kong thing. I mean, look at this. It's just here on Twitter. I'm looking over while you guys are talking uh, about uh, Kim Reynolds. I mean, this is this is Yosemite Sam nonsense is what it is. And your point is exactly right. We are, everybody was wrong. They, they thought it was going to be his death knell. And the base of this state said, no, you're our guy. Why would he think differently now? He doesn't learn lessons like everybody else does. Well, hold it. The, ba- the, the, the base of the state mm-hmm. did not say you're our he guy. He lost. He just about took third mm-hmm. in the state. The difference is you can go after John McCain and say, I like veterans who weren't captured. You can go after John McCain. You go after Kim Reynolds, that's a whole different deal. I agree, I agree with that. 2024. All right, we got to go. Hour two is next. Stay tuned. Back here with Hour 2 on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast. I'm Steve Dace, he's Totters, and he is Aaron McIntyre, and you are you. And you can let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox. Email the show. Steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, MeWe, and Gab. You can follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter, Getter, Instagram, and TikTok. You can also find me over on Truth Social at Real Steve Dace there at Real Steve Dace on Truth Social. We would love to find your five-star review on your podcast platform, please. Thank you to all of you that have done that for us already. Hit subscribe, or if it's iTunes, follow. And again, thank you to all of you that have done that for us as well. This portion of the show brought to you by our new partners at Naturally It's Clean. I'm a huge fan of these products, um, whether it's pet stains. I mean, it's the best pet stain remover that I've ever seen. And we've tried a half dozen of them. Uh, This is the best one we've ever tried. The laundry detergent, the cleaner, uh, smells great every time. Hospital-grade cleaning solutions, but made out of completely natural products. And here's even the best, well, not the best parts, the product itself, but the bonus, the people who do this, they're patriots. They love the country. Got a chance to spend some time with them and talk to them directly. So it's not just a product. It's missional for them as well. You can get 15% off right now their Essential Starter Kit. It features four of their most popular products. It's one of their top selling items. Get 15% off right now when you go to Naturally It's Clean, all one word, naturallyitsclean.com slash Steve. Again, that's naturallyitsclean.com slash Steve. 15% off at naturallyitsclean.com slash Steve. All right. This hour, I am I am concerned. I, I just saw something someone tweeted in my replies a little while ago. And uh, I retweeted it. Even with the adult language. 
woman named Stacy says, quote, Steve Dayshow is on a rant right now that I think speaks for Gen X in so many ways. If we bleep up 2024, it is over and no one is taking it seriously. If your kids matter, wake the hell up, please. That's a pretty good summation of, of, of my concern. This is not going the way we had hoped. And this has nothing to do with the direction. It's, it's the environment. It's the atmosphere. We, you know, this is the first time since I've been involved in Republican Party presidential primary politics. And I've been as involved as, a, as almost anybody in, in conservative media has been. Even people with a lot larger platforms than me because of where I live in Iowa has permitted me a level of involvement that it doesn't permit them. So, I mean, I, I've been heavily involved now um, as a media figure in this process. So this will be year 16 for me. And this is the first time that I have seriously entertained the argument of how do we win a general election in this primary process? Why? Because we have something that we have not had before. We, we have never had anybody, really, who had proven on an executive level, on, a, on big stages, that they could be counted on and depended on to deliver for us on issues of magnitude. Now, when you stop and think about it, that's pretty damn depressing in and of itself if yes, it's it true. Is. Next point, is it true? Yeah, it's true. Mike Huckabee did a lot of great things as governor of Arkansas. Mitt Romney did a lot of terrible things and has continued doing terrible things as a senator. John McCain did a lot of terrible things, then went back to doing terrible things as a senator. Think about it. 2008, that was Romney, McCain, Huckabee. Huckabee was the only one with a proven record of, of, of an executive office of doing good things on stuff we care about, but it was on a very friendly and favorable stage. So I could, I could understand why people would have been hesitant to say, I don't know if the guy from, what's the name of his Baptist college we can't pronounce, is ready to be president. I get it. Okay. 2012, that was the, the, the Romney-Newt, um, uh, Santorum and Ron Paul year. And Santorum and Paul had never held executive office. They had fairly good legislative records for what they represented. Santorum representing traditional social conservatism. Ron Paul, Ron Paul representing, you know, um, sort of a, uh, a moral libertarianism. Is that a good description sure. for him, do you think? Okay. They had excellent legislative records where those things were concerned, but none of them had ever sat in the big chair in their careers, Right. Um, Newt, of course, is, has, is, has a, a career of very high highs and very low lows. And then we're back to the, the terrible example of Romney again. 2016. We had lots of people running who had executive experience, and that's what we were concerned about. <laughs> is the executive experience. One guy, Scott Walker, showed great executive experience on one issue and couldn't parlay it to any other issues, right? And so people ended up going with the two candidates who had basically disappointed him the least because they had held the least amount of, of political office. Trump and, and Ted Cruz. And they were the final two ones. But we all had to project who we thought those guys were going to be. You projected that you thought Trump would be the disruptor based on the persona. Then the vision that he cast, you thought Cruz would be the disruptor based on the, the worldview that you know he was reared and raised with. But they were both projections, right? 
Mm-hmm. 2020, Trump's an incumbent, so we don't have this contest. This is new. This is the first time Donald Trump is the man that, that ended probably the two biggest hot-button culture war issues of the last era, Roe v. Wade and affirmative action. His justices ended those things, won those wars. Kept, he, he, he won by keeping us out of wars. At the very least, the worst you can say about Trump's presidency pre-COVID, if you dismiss the Scaramucci's and Omarosa's and the sideshows and the dramas, which is hard for a lot of people to do, but if you dismiss all that and just look at resume, because that's all I care about. I don't need buddies. You know, I'm from the uh, Nick Nolte and 48 Hours School of Politics, man. We ain't partners, we ain't brothers, and we ain't friends. Just do the damn job. I, I, what, what do they say? What's Bill Belichick's tagline for the Patriots? Do your damn job, right? Just do your damn job. And he did his job well. Drama aside... Did his job pretty well pre-COVID. At worst, it was the best term by a president this century. Better, or at, and at least on par with Reagan's first term. You could argue even better. And then you have Ron DeSantis, who has systemically, ruthlessly, fearlessly enacted the most wide-ranging portfolio of our issues It's like Ron DeSantis just skipped doing like albums and went right to like the Eagles greatest hits. You know what I'm saying? Just skipped doing albums. Just went right to a greatest hits compilation. And it just checked, just checked boxes and decimated the Democratic Party in a state that Barack Obama had won twice. So I was excited for this race because I'm like, Heath Ledger, let's break the cue stick in half. We're going to have tryouts. Let's put him in there. I was all for DeSantis getting in the race. I've been consistent the entire time. Have I not said all along, I want him to get in the race? Yes. Have I not said all along, if he gets in the race and Trump runs him over, now we know. But I would at least like to know the answer to that, right? Yes. But that let's, let's have these two guys actually fight about who is. Let's put him in a steel cage and let's have him actually fight about who is ready for such a time as this to represent the right. We're not getting that. We're not getting anything close to that, actually. And, and frankly, a lot of it, I'm not, I should not say this, but I'm going to. A lot of it is the fault of my own industry. We are not having a serious conversation right now. We, we, we just aren't. It's not serious. There are two, we have something we've never had before. Two Republicans who have proven we don't have to project anything. We don't have to project anything. If you want to say you have to project DeSantis on foreign policy, fine. On the other hand, he was also a member of Congress with national security clearance. It's pretty clear that Tucker, that Tucker's Ukraine, Ukraine is to Tucker what COVID is to me. Is that a fair analogy? Mm -hmm. Okay. Not that I don't care about Ukraine. I've been fairly adamant about what, how angry I am about that entire fiasco. But COVID to me was a, was a, was a red line that we crossed. And it's clear Ukraine is a red line for Tucker. So I absolutely hope Tucker pushes Ron DeSantis on Ukraine on Friday. And let's all find out. I have no problem with that. But that aside, we have two people who have proven they are worthy of our votes. We are facing cataclysms everywhere you look as a country. This should be the moment. This, this should be like a Troy Aikman-Steve Walsh quarterback competition. Remember that back in the day? Remember <laughs> yes. that? Okay. And you know what you got out of that? 
a Hall of Famer that won four Super Bowls. That's what you got out of that. Joe Montana, Steve Young. You know what you got out of that? Two Hall of Famers that each won Super Bowls. That's what you got out of that. That's what we should be having right now. And you can all pick which one you like better, which one you think is better, feel even very passionate about it. But it's very clear that everybody, because of the competition and the environment created, everybody has raised their level of play in response to that. Do you feel that's what's occurring, guys? I no. Do not. No, I don't. If anything, it's dumber than it was in 2016. Because at least then we had excuses. We didn't know who the hell, what a Ted Cruz was. We didn't know what a Donald Trump was. It was all new. In this case, we know who these guys are. A lot of it is, I believe, my industry is scared to death of losing audience, ratios, um, rankings. I understand that, man. I have to pay attention to that. I just, I, yeah, I own my own business. I went through the iTunes rankings over the weekends. I shared with you guys those numbers, sure. right? Yeah. We, it's not like we're not aware of them. But we can't, if we, if we allow ourselves to be singularly ruled by them, we'll never do what we set out to want to do with this show from the very beginning. We need to have a serious conversation about which of these two guys can win the election. Because since we already have, I'm not, I don't really, I, are there things that I think DeSantis is probably better on than Trump? Yeah. But... I've said this a million times. If Donald Trump wins this nomination, I'm going to be one of his two. I will be one of the 2,000 mules for the guy who overturned Roe myself. Myself. I will be wearing a friggin' placard in downtown Des Moines. Bring out your ballots. Time for the harvest. The reaping. Let it begin. Okay? We've got to win, guys. We have got to freaking win. They have turned our border into a human trafficking outpost. We're all out there promoting this movie, Sound of Freedom, which, by the way, I was one of the very first people to get that thing a sterling endorsement a couple weeks ago, yeah. did I not? It's phenomenal. I'm, I'm ecstatic with its success. But what is the, what, what is the, what's the, what's one of the worst hubs for human trafficking on this planet? Our southern border is. Our southern border is. What are we talking about today? A completely uh, falsely edited clip that apparently that, that, that alleges that Ron DeSantis thought that Trump was guilty of Russian collusion. When if you watch the clip, he says it literally the exact opposite, even though it is being propagated out there, perpetuated out there by some prominent Trump voices like Darren Beatty at Revolver. It's a total lie. It's not serious. But here's what it also does. A bunch of DeSantis influencers go out there and they're just completely distracted by it. It's all that, that's all they've been talking about until Trump's dumbass comment about Kim Reynolds 10 minutes ago. Trump and his people want you talking about that stuff and not serious issues. You can't step on those rakes, man. Trust me. I learned this lesson a hard, the hard way on the Cruz campaign. You have to learn to stay on your message, not Trump's. Every minute that you're not on your message, you're talking his, regardless, regardless of what it is, you're not helping yourself. I understand you have to respond. But this shouldn't be still going on the very next day. You know what I'm saying? You can't do that. You're off message. It worked. What they tried to do against you worked. Is it a lie? Yeah, but it also worked. Did it work? If you're still talking about it the next day, did it work? Sure. It worked. On the other hand, will that stuff work against Democrats? Nope. It won't.
Because they don't care about alienating Trump's base. They don't care about getting a single vote from Trump's base. They don't care. Now, maybe I'm wrong and the stakes aren't serious here. Maybe we don't have, you know, a border invasion and human trafficking outpost at our southern border. Maybe the, the urban crime rate isn't a problem. Um, you know, uh, maybe the ca- maybe the castrations aren't happening. Maybe these are all psyops. None of them's true. In that case, then carry on. Let the silliness carry on. The fear-based b- media on the right. Everybody's scared to death of alienating uh, uh, MAGA Queef Forty Four. Okay, whoever the hell that is. I want to have a conversation for adults. Now, here's what I mean by adults. I'm not talking DeSanta supporters exclusively. Adults. Adults. If you, what do I mean by that? People that are non-grifters, non-cultists, critical thinkers. There are plenty of critical thinking reasons to support Donald Trump in this race. His record pre-COVID was good. No one, anybody else's president do any of those things? No. No. So should he get credit for all those things? Sure. Yeah. That, that's a pretty strong record to run again on. On top of, and they stole it from me. You're kind of in George MacArthur, I shall return kind of territory with stuff like that. I have, if that's your reasoning, I don't have a problem with it. I've never had a problem with it. But we're not getting a lot of that reasoning. We're not getting a lot of that. We're getting Bruce Jenner attacking Ron DeSantis as a homophobe. What the hell is that? What, what is that? What is that? What is that? What, what is that? We're getting a bunch of stuff that will get our asses kicked next November. I promise you. None of this will work. And in the last three years, well, let me just say this. In, in the last three years, what, what new vision tactic has Trump demonstrated to show they've learned any lessons his political team has from what happened in 2020? I don't see any, and I'm concerned about that. Well, Steve, look at the polls. So I did that over the weekend. I went and looked at the polls. Because last weekend, I couldn't find, I did some research last weekend, I couldn't find a single metric that demonstrated that Trump had some commanding lead in this race other than polls. And if I, I pointed out last week on the show, the record of these polls in primaries is exceedingly bad, and it hasn't been that good in the last seven general elections, right? We went through all those numbers last week, all that history? Yes. Yeah? Okay. So is there another metric out there? I couldn't find one. I couldn't fundraising, early state key endorsements. The first major endorsement in the New Hampshire State Senate came today. That was actually for DeSantis. So I, I, don't, I don't see any evidence other than these polls. So, but let's look at the poll. We did, that, we did that last week. Let's just look at the polls themselves. Trump's current trajectory of increase in the polls began in mid-March. Right around the time that reports began circulating of a looming Trump indictment in Manhattan. That's when those reports started to percolate heavily. On March 12th, Trump was at his lowest yet in the RCP national polling average, the lowest he has been since they started doing this. Over the next 118 days, though, Trump rose a massive 10 points in that same average. 10 points. What changed? What changed? I wanted to find out. So have Trump's favorables demonstrably improved? No, He's still a collective minus 16, according to 538's average. Well, Steve, the polls are fake. Okay, but the only impetus for why this race is supposedly over on July 10th is the polls. So tell me when the polls aren't fake or not. Do you guys know when they're not fake? 
or, or is it just anything that affirms my narrative yes. isn't fake and when it, it doesn't it is all right if that's you we're not going to be the show for you we're just not because i don't care about that i would i would rather offend people i like who who pull that stuff than pull that stuff on you i'm i'm i just hate it it's gaslighting i don't do it so trump's collective favorables are still a minus 16 what about fundraising is trump crushing it there no we just had that report last week so what changed what calculus was added to the metric to explain trump's ascendancy in these numbers when no other metric explaining it the dominance exists there's only one thing only one thing trump was indicted not once but twice on complete and obvious partisan persecutions during this time there is no other option no other option well, Steve, people saw DeSantis and they, they thought he was overrated and his campaigns. I keep seeing a bunch of conservative media people. I like some of them, friends of mine. All these missteps. They never tell me what the, do you guys know what the missteps are? Do you ever notice this? Aaron, you're on, you're on there more <laughs> yeah. than I am. Do you ever see what the, do they ever, do they ever tell you what the missteps are? I don't no. even, what are they talking about? Like I would, I'd address them if I knew what they were. I look at their feeds. Uh, they just made all these, what missteps? What are they? What are they? They raised 150 million freaking bucks in less than a quarter. Tell me what missteps they've made. Do you know? Do you know what these are? Oh, it's no. Paul Alexander's thing about the 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 video hitting Trump on the tranny stuff. That's that's okay. what they, that's one thing. One so from, thing. So from the left. From words. the left. Okay. Yep. Um. Here's the problem. I went and looked at DeSantis's favorables. His his favorables amongst Republicans is almost exactly what Trump says. Why does that matter? Well, because it was primarily mistakes by the by the DeSantis campaign. And I'm not saying they've done everything perfectly. Nobody does. Then um, his favorables would have suffered accordingly. And, and you never have people sour on a campaign without the candidate himself. Right. Is, is the Ron DeSantis campaign on the ballot? Who's on the ballot? Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis. So if you have soured on someone's campaign, you have soured on the candidate. And you have soured on the candidate, you have soured on the campaign. And yet Republicans still really like DeSantis. So that's not it. What's going on here is that effectively Democrat lawfare is behaving as a de facto Trump super PAC. Republicans are therefore rightfully rallying to a past champion who is obviously being unfairly persecuted for being their past champion. That's what they're going after. I understand this inclination. I have said many times I like Trump running for revenge, provided it is channeled in the right way. I just did an interview with my colleague Ali Stuckey last week. I said that to her audience, too. However, the Democratic lawfare is not going to stop. And Republican voters aren't going to realize on their own they're being lured, I believe, into a little bighorn ambush by Democrats. I think Democrats are saying, yes, by all means, rally to your champion. We, we want you to nominate him. In fact, we're actively encouraging it. We're going to publicly enable it. And then we'll be stuck with a, uh, they're going to want to run against a convicted felon. Total scam, but he will be. We want, we want you to nominate a convicted felon who 48% of the country has shown four elections in a row, including the one he won, that they will never vote for him or anything he's a part of. That's happened four elections in a row. If you're starting with the other side, he has 48% of the vote, your margin for her ain't great. Fair? Right. Ain't great. For now, we are being afforded the luxury of rallying to a candidate most of us know cannot win a general election. And it's, it's, it's based on the last results of the last three general elections. Him, people associated with him, by and large, lost the last three elections. I don't think it's right. I was convinced it wasn't going to happen the last election. I was wrong. Devastated, angry, 
had a hard time controlling my uh, my anger on the blaze set last election night at the results but they still occurred nevertheless did they not they did they did so here we are in a place called reality there will come a time though when this time is up uh, when we will be stuck with a weakened proxy who is struggling to stay out of prison, raise money, retain, recruit credible and effective staff, doesn't even seem to be trying to rehabilitate his image with, to reach suburban voters we must have in order to win a must-win election. Said last week he's not even going to ballot harvest now because he's already got all the votes that he needs. 2024, for those of us with kids, is a must-win election we have to win i cannot even imagine the evil look at the evil that's been unleashed the last four years after they stole that one i cannot even imagine what will be unleashed in the next four we're having this conversation right now are we a romans one country we won't be debating that if we lose this one we'll know all it'll be confirmed not to mention trump's going to likely spend the rest of his natural life incarcerated if he doesn't win or a republican that will pardon him doesn't win so if you are an adult if you're a critical thinker, a non-grifter, uh, people who care more about their kids and grandkids than they do about politicians, regardless of which of these guys you like, one you hate, one you don't, I don't care. Here's the reality for each of them. Number one, uh, Trump must have a strategy to run on our behalf as likely a convicted felon, and it's got to be beyond grainy chit-lib videos over at Truth Social and chit posts about uh, Republicans he doesn't like at Truth Social. They're lame taunts. Everybody's over it. And that, that seems to be the, right now anyway, the fullness of his current strategy. That ain't winning Wisconsin, Arizona, Nevada, Michigan, Pennsylvania. And we might be picking our plots out of the gulag soon after the 2024 election if we don't win at least some of those. Trump will be wearing, not to mention an ankle bracelet at the posh resort if he loses. Um, we'll be trying to stop them from descending from castrating our kids to flat out euthanizing them. That's where we will be. What is Trump's strategy to win? What is different? How will he win as a felon? I want to know. I think we should all be asking to know. What is it? On the DeSantis side, his central campaign message, I think, needs to become what Casey launched last week. Run a parallel primary campaign to Trump that goes after suburban voters who will both be attracted to that message but aren't zealously loyal to Trump. You got to rise above the current silliness of your Ron DeSantis. If, as long as this remains silly, Ron DeSantis will not win. He can win a serious conversation. He cannot win a silly one. And it's silly. It's ridiculously silly. He has to rise above. Now, it is hard to rise above the silliness when you're going after the Roger Stones and Laura Loomers of the world. But that's a waste of time. You're, you're competing for voters who would follow Donald Trump off a cliff with their own families if it came to that. you got to look for persuadable people. They're largely found in the suburbs where we live. They will also be open to an, an honest conversation about the difficulties of nominating Trump. And plain talk where that is concerned. And I think, I think DeSantis needs to get on the national stage as often as he can with or without Trump. And while I love the strategy of freezing out national media when they, and, and, or corporate media when they were in Florida, right now he needs to pick as many fights and show off his, 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 uh, uh, his skills of, of, uh, of clashing as often as possible. He needs to go do Jake Tapper. Pimp slap him around a little bit. Run a parallel primary campaign to Donald Trump. Try to rise above this silliness.
folks, the next election is more than just win or go home. It is win or don't be so sure you'll have a home to go home to. It's win or don't be so sure that they, they won't take your kids from your home if you don't. Straight up. Straight up, man. Straight up. Win. Now, I, you know, I don't know. Maybe your kids are grown. You don't care. Maybe you don't have any kids. You don't care. For those of us, though, that do have kids, grandkids, this has got to be about a lot more than whatever the hell it has been about the last few months. And maybe too many people in this business just are too paranoid about every click ratio and everything else. Uh, you know what? Fine. I live in Iowa. I've never really truly cared about that stuff anyway. So I'll just play whatever part I can for the next 189 days to make this as serious as it can be, or at least a hell of a lot more serious than it currently is. Thoughts? I... In the last segment with Bob, uh, uh, I misspoke when I said uh, Donald Trump came in and said the things he said in the base of this state. I meant to say the base of this nation ultimately shows him anyways, which is which is true. And that when you say, Steve, it's not just our industry, we go beyond that uh, to the people uh, that hey, they quite frankly, they pay for this. Uh, industry uh, they they buy the subscriptions they tune in uh, Fox News wise it's uh, the commercials that they're intended for um, but this this people uh, in many ways uh, is not serious either because listen they it, this is a show commentary, so it's n nothing novel. We've d we've done it before, but you, I got ma mad last Friday about all the distractions, all the comforts. You've heard that before too. But this, it's all tied together. You, you, if if you're, when Steve has that lament, the exact same lament I had on Friday about our our kids are literally at stake. You, uh, I think that's obviously even to our very own base uh people supposedly in our own base that are are now calling moms for liberty our own side is calling moms for liberty too much where do where do we go with that what show is vastly more important to us than the protection of our own children the next generation there's clearly not just one but several of them for this weekend and i agree with you see th this weekend was unpalatable the ridiculous commentary and back and forth that people simply won't reject out of hand whether it's a political candidate or our industry if you folks would just reject out of hand the stupidity and set a new standard, we could do this. If you won't, none of it will happen. Aaron, I want to get a cheer take when we come back. And then we're going to play a game called Grifter, Bot, or Adult when we come back. Yeah, that we can't get an air conditioner in here for at least two weeks. Mentioned that earlier on the show. Talked about our friends at Jace Medical. Antibiotic shortage. Kind of feels like maybe things are kind of crumbling on us a little bit. Fair? That's why you want to make sure. Oh, yeah. Hey, the USDA already warning. 
countless crops won't be harvested this season because of drought. It's going well. It's going great. Make sure you're ready with our friends over at My Patriot Supply. Stock up with their emergency food kit, the four-week emergency food kit, breakfast, lunch, dinner, even drinks and snacks. The full 2,000-plus calories that you and everyone in your household needs right now. Limited time offer that expires soon with their best special discount yet when you go to preparewithdace.com. Preparewithdace.com and you get free shipping as well. Preparewithdace.com plus free shipping at preparewithdace.com. All right, Aaron, your thoughts on what I just laid out that we have got to be more serious about what is going on right now in this race. You were discussing during the break, having this conversation is a no-brainer, and that's the problem. There are no brains going on in this discourse that we're having about the GOP primary for 2024. No brains whatsoever. Some of that is to be expected. It's still July, 189 days between... Uh, now and the Iowa caucus, some of that is to be expected. And I kind of expected that going in. This might get a little bit dumb. But you're right that this is dumber than 2016. This is dumber. Everybody has a record now. So then, obviously, I, 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 an adult, a grown-up, a serious discourse would be centered around uh, Casey DeSantis' um, is just using her cancer or faked her cancer to help her husband somehow, some way. We're going to serious people tweeting out fake or deceptively edited clips of Ron DeSantis because apparently his level of devotion to Donald Trump around Russiagate was not satisfactory. So Trump endorsed someone for governor that didn't adequately defend this. So Ron, you're telling me Ron DeSantis is such a good politician that this is the first time Trump endorsed someone that did not adequately defend him against unfairness and endorse him for governor we're going to move to the left on gender further to the left than barack obama was when he took office in 2009 we don't have time for this i don't have time for this benjamin my almost two-year-old doesn't have time for this crap and he can't even he can't even uh pronounce crap yet (laughs) <laughs> but it's adorable Get, when he tries but it's adorable when he tries <laughs> we don't have time for nonsense but apparently nonsense pays really well fear I guess or another whatever your motivation is for just not actually waking up to the reality of the situation you asked about the you, you mentioned in passing the environment here's what's happening one way or another I don't like this None of you listening like this. The environment that is being shaped right now is one that is just the environment, not the weather. The environment is that Donald Trump is the victim. Why is he the victim? And, And it's true. It's true. He is. Why is he the victim? Because he's being persecuted, prosecuted by the Democrats, the deep state, the swamp, whatever you want to call it. The New York, Washington. And so this, this environment, everything is centered around Trump being a victim. And it's true. But why is that? The Democrats are shaping this. They are, one way or another, yes. choosing our candidates for us. Yes. 
on the grounds that they want them chosen to. On the to. grounds that they want to. Trump may be the better candidate, but they are they are they are they are trying to get him chosen on grounds that will make him easier to defeat next year. That's the problem. Correct. Yeah. In one way or another, I don't believe Donald Trump can win in 2024. So if a Repu- if a majority of Republicans across the nation come to that conclusion because he's being prosecuted and persecuted, they still sh- they still chose our candidates for us. If he becomes the nominee because he's being prosecuted and persecuted, they chose our candidates for us. That's the level of evil and power that we are up against. Nobody seems to recognize that. Instead, we're having menial, crappy little tit-for-tats on Twitter that nobody will remember six months from now. Instead of really getting serious about what's on the table. Because, let me tell you, everything's on the table if Joe Biden or Big Mike or Gavin Newsom takes the office of the White House. Everything is on the table. It's amazing. If, Quickly, because if we pro- I want to get to these yeah, responses. If we were prophets and this was me- uh, theoretical, it'd be one thing to argue with us. Everybody just had everything taken away from them just a couple years ago. And we still... Yeah, we're back to acting we like we have the luxury of, the, of this yes. infantile... Yes, yes I, I, I know. I know. So let's go through the replies... I am going to just, I, this, this was a Twitter thread I posted on, or a, a, one tweet that I posted on Saturday. It has received over a thousand replies, I believe. So we're not going to get to nearly the full scope of them. I'm going to try to get through as many of them as I can. I'm just going to randomly sample them as we go through. You guys tell me if you think, I won't give you any names or anything. You guys tell me if you think this person, based on their response, is an adult, a grifter, or a bot. Because one thing I'm trying to figure out is how much of what we're seeing on Twitter is even real life. Like, I don't think even a lot of voters are even paying attention to it. It's just what gets monetized and promoted a lot in political media. And but that because of that will help determine the environment that you will eventually see, even if you're not seeing any of it right now. Okay, Mm -hmm. all right. People can go on and on about strategies, but nobody is talking about the election manipulation that happened the last time. It has never been corrected. As things currently stand, the people who install Joe Biden can install whomever they choose. Why are you why are you wasting your time? Why are you wasting your time replying to a tweet like that? Well, I have three options. I I would actually still say that's an adult. I mean, to the point it hasn't been taken care of. That's as far as we know, that's true. I don't hear abandoning the system, though. Okay. We probably shouldn't blame our enemies for our choices to allow them to lead us around by the nose. It's our own fault that we're playing this poorly. Adult. Adult. Here is a question. Name one time in this nation's history where investigations, indictments, prosecutions, and impeachment were used to promote a candidate for national office. I don't think that's ever happened before. I don't think it is happening now, either. That's... Maybe not a cultist, but not a... Can we, can we have children as well? Adult, <laughs> bot, or grifter? Let's just say grifter. Yeah. So it's, the, it's too long for to be a bot, to yes, be, grifter. To, to be fair, is there an alternative explanation as to why Trump's polling in the public took off right around the time of the, when the indictments, uh, the news of the indictments began to percolate? Is, I'm asking, is there, is there an alternative event that would have occurred during that time Similar to the Bureau for Labor Statistics data from the first hour. It, what, what, other, what, what, what new metric was introduced that would have made a whole bunch of people really sick, so sick they couldn't work mm-hmm. beginning in the spring of yeah, 2021, and it I hasn't know. stopped yet? Right. So what, what else occurred in the middle of March 
what, what else was it if it wasn't the threat of, hey, they're unfairly coming after right. my guy? Okay. The comments to this post are a microcosm why the GOP is impotent. America, gird your loins. Adult. Adult. Tough love, much needed. Adult. Adult. They unveiled this strategy very publicly in 2022. Uh, yeah, adult. Yes, yeah. they did. Uh, I am continuing on here. Um, I feel like many do that Trump is our last fleeting hope. Bots. Grifter. Why? Why do you guys each give those? It. You could. You could tweet that reply at a number of of different varieties of posts. I, if that I, I, I'm of the dace mindset that if you're saying something that please tell me you're getting paid at least because as you say at least I can respect that on some level because come on Trump 2024 or anyone Trump endorses and that won't be Ron lol ever but but is it clear to you that this is an obvious trap set by Democrats I don't know. Bot, let's just say bot. Yeah, agreed. As long as our national elections are not reformed to ensure one person, one vote, there will, be, there will never be another Republican president or Senate, uh, meaning because those are statewide elections, I'm guessing. Our elections are less secure than Iraq's. That might be true. Adult. I... I'm going to say... I'm going to say grifter. Trump will have the nomination or there is literally 0% chance of winning if they somehow force him off the ballot. Cope with it. Bot. Grifter. This is a statement, by the way, that is not true. Trump is getting more small donations, which equals more votes. DeSantis is getting bigger donations, but from less people. That number is not actually true. I just wanted Bot. to clarify that. Yeah, that's not a true statement. Um, once people understand that hardcore MAGA is metaphorically like the People's Temple, Branch Davidians, Heaven's Gate, everything falls into place. I think that's going way too far, but I only gave you those three options. Grifter. Yeah. Grifter the other way? Okay. Two other things happened at that time. DeSantis flip-flopped badly on Ukraine and his influencers went after Trump voters, something that couldn't have been more insane. Trump doesn't ever insult the voters. Good Lord. Grifter. Good Lord. Um, DeSantis clearly doesn't really understand the America First agenda, and his donors are influencing his campaign. Bot. Yeah. Um... If Trump wins the primary, all of this is solved by DeSantis becoming his running mate. Unifies the sides and gives a winning combination. Uh, that's nonsense. Um, I can't even see the daylight between Grifter and Bot anymore. The, I, I went with Bot because it could be a cultist, it could be a bot, it could be just a being that just has no ability to see beyond whatever the mantra they have um, fully um, 
either been charged to discharge or they have uh, fully been overcome by. Oh, that's bot, man. That's cultic. I'm... There, we talked about this a little this weekend, but then there's simply this belief that it is destiny. It is a we shall overcome moment that Trump will rise from the ashes, Phoenix-like. That the evidence is so obvious of the injustice. Despite having metrics to see that. Yeah, that's a bot. Not by your standard, yeah. Steve lost me at for the adults. Uh, there are, it, it, this is a tactic of Democrats to split based on opinion. My opinion differs from yours, and it doesn't make me a child. I am neither a grifter or a cultist. I'm a critical thinker. I care as much about my family as anyone on this planet. All of these attacks on Trump supporters from DeSantis supporters sound like the elitist media that knows better. Clearly, you do not know any better, yet you like, like to live in a world where you make yourself believe that you do. And it's what Trump supporters hate the most. Grifter, you played yourself. How so? If you're, if you're, not, if you're not, not a child or not a grifter... Or not, you know, if you're actually a serious, why are you offended? He's not talking about you. Exactly. I mean, if, if you only would be offended by that if I was taught, if, if, if you're one of them. Like, if someone, you know, calls me something that doesn't apply to me, I might, are you offended by that in any way, shape, or form? No. I don't, I don't resemble that remark. Let's stop there. I will say I went, there were actually a lot of very reasonable responses to this. It's just a lot of them were too long to quickly go over with the show. Here's the, here's the bottom line. Our kids and grandkids deserve better than we are giving them in this race right now. If we're going to nominate somebody who will be a convicted felon, there needs to be a plan for that. He's got to, he, one of his attorneys just quit. He's got to have better lawyers than he has right now. He's got to have a better campaign manager than somebody who's a Chinese lobbyist. Come on, please. Okay, come on. There's got to be somebody who can run a campaign better who's not a Chinese lobbyist getting subpoenaed by the feds to testify against her boss. That, I'm sure that person exists somewhere. We have to be serious about this. Because here's my fear. And I have seen this thrown around a lot and have just not wanted to even entertain it. My, my fear is that there is so much money to be made in political content that there is an element within conservative media or MAGA media that all it cares about by any cost is Trump winning this nomination and they don't care if he loses the general because it just continues this cottage industry for them for another four years. And the rest of us will go home from school, will come home every day wondering, is this the day my son or daughter comes home from school telling me they have new pronouns? Is this the day I'll come home and my kids won't even be home? They, they took them from me because I wouldn't accept their pronouns. You see what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Because if you're trying to win... A decisive election. The environment that we are creating on the right, I promise you, won't do it. We are appealing to the lowest common denominator 
everywhere. We are debasing ourselves. If people wanted a party that was about debasing themselves, they vote Democrat. They've got one of those. They've got one of those. We have got to raise the level of play here. This is like watching Alabama's spring scrimmage. When the two quarterbacks there just went out there and said, yeah, let's have a con- an interception contest. And you're like, that's not Alabama. Nick Saban agreed. So we went out and got another quarterback. <laughs> right. that, that ain't going to work, guys. Because, see, the ultimate opponent is, 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 is Georgia. Not the best team in the state of Alabama. It's Georgia. That ain't going to beat them. What they, the quarterback play that you saw on A-Day ain't beating Georgia. But we got the best bread and circuses ever, Steve. We, it, it, maybe, maybe the most profitable, but it ain't beating the other side. We, we, we have got to do what we can to encourage a far more serious conversation than the one that is currently taking place. If the goal is just scorch earth everything to maintain my brand and I don't care who wins the general so the gravy train continues, keep doing it. You're, that, that'll work and that's being very successful. It damns the country though. John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.